You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Would you turn with me today to John chapter 10? If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. All the verses will come up on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. We'll give you a Christmas gift. Um, So come and talk to somebody, somebody who's part of Melbourne Lights Church afterwards. We have heaps of Bibles, and we would love to bless you with one um, so that you can take a Bible home with you today. Um, As a church, we've been doing a series in the last few months about who Jesus really is. The model that he set for us, the example that Jesus has set for us. Jesus is more than a baby in a manger. He's more than just, I love the word that Beth brought. He's more than just the baby in the manger. Um, in this series, we've had this bit of like sort of a, it's been our theme or our catch cry that, uh, that we've put together. Those who have been listening to our midweek extras, we say this often. He's more than the baby in the manger. Jesus is the table turner, the miracle worker, the demon deliverer, the food multiplier, the storm stopper. If you want to say this with me, you can. We're going to say, that's my Jesus. He is the storm stopper. That's my Jesus. He walked on water. He healed the sick. He ate with sinners. He stopped for the one and for the crowds. That's my Jesus. Demons and the religious were confronted by him. The broken, the shame, the outcast, and the lost were found and restored by him. That's my Jesus. I love it. Thanks. That just that's it's just a bit of fun this morning. Everything that Jesus did is an invitation for us to walk in that. That's what we've been unpacking as a church. And if uh, you know if you haven't been a part of that series, that's fine. This is going to be a standalone thing today. But it's just sort of in this light of Jesus's example and model for us is an invitation to walk in that. As well. In 1 John 4, verse 17, it says, As he is in the world, so are we. Jesus himself said this um, in John 14, 12. He said that, that you will do even greater works than these. The things that I do, you'll do even greater works. He's given us permission and he's empowered us to not only do the things that he did, but even greater things. The problem is that many Christians, many believers, many churches, are happy just to gather together for an hour on a Sunday and not look anything like Jesus. And we're not satisfied with that. As a local church, we're not satisfied with just an hour on a Sunday morning and not actually looking anything like Jesus. We are passionately pursuing him. We want to become like him. We want to follow his example. And I want, to, I want it to be said of me and of us that we're doing even greater works than these. That we're seeing his presence released. We're seeing the miraculous. We're seeing people come to him. I love Christmas. It really is one of my favorite times of the year. Partly because I'm a December baby. Um, It's kind of, some people hate the fact that their birthday is close to Christmas. I don't mind it because it just is all in the festive cheer. On that note, today is a special day. Where are you? Andrew Matthews. It is his birthday Today, happy birthday. Let's put our hands together. The closer you get to Christmas, the harder it is with your birthday because the busier things get. Um, Josh Shepson's birthday is on, on New Year's Eve. So, I mean, the whole world throws him a party, but it's hard because, you know, often they're, they're always busy. So make sure you shoot him some love on New Year's Eve. Um, I love Christmas because it's a time we get to stop and, and reflect on and celebrate and behold Jesus. 
more than all the festivities. All that other stuff is amazing, but it's a time to, to focus on and behold Jesus. And not just the baby in the manger or the nativity scene. That's like the, the story of the start. But there's so much more than just the start. We don't stop at the start. We start at the start, and then there's so much more ahead of us. It's this is the, more than the baby in the manger. It's the Jesus, as Beth said, who angels announced. All of heaven celebrated. In Luke 2, verse 8 to 14, it says this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. I mean, when the glory of God shines around us, like, often there's, like, this fear of, oh, my goodness, he's so holy, and he's, like, it's so amazing, and, uh, you know, there can be a fear, a righteous fear of God, a holy fear of God. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on, and on earth peace among those whom he's pleased. This is the, the, Jesus is more than just the baby in the manger. Angels and the hosts of heaven announced his birth. This is the Jesus who kings traveled to honor. In Matthew 2, verse 1 to 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, this verse, this passage says, wise men. Some say three kings. You, you wonder why we have the story of the wise men and then you have the song, We Three Kings? Because uh, the, many say that they were kings. And it says, uh, from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Kings traveled to give him honor in a manger. The host of heaven appeared to give him glory at his birth. Philippians 2, verse 6 to 11 says this, of Jesus, it's talking about. Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, a thing to be held onto for his advantage. But he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, by being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name. That's why we worship. That's why we gather. That's why we praise. That's why we lay our lives down. The name that is above every other name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, Jesus didn't just come as a baby in the manger so that we can have a few days off and spend time with family or, you know, get together and eat nice food, as nice as those things are. I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to the, to the Christmas feast. I'm looking forward to a few days off and spending time with family. But he didn't come just for that. He came to pay the price for our sins, for all the wrong things that we've done that separates us from God. He paid that price by dying on our behalf so that through that sacrifice, we can be made clean. The Bible uses this word called righteousness. 
that we would be made right with God. That we can be whole and have relationship with him. Ultimately, Jesus, although he started as a baby in the manger, I mean, he, was, he, he existed for eternity before that, but he came as a baby in the manger. Ultimately, he came to give us life and to give us life to the full, to give us wholeness, to give us abundant life. Have you found John chapter 10? Often I say, like, listen to the scripture, and then people are like, you never get to the scripture. John, John chapter, chapter 10, this is where we're going. It says this, Jesus says this, the thief... The enemy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. In the New Living Translation, it says this. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. I like that. I'm going to share one more. The Amplified Version. Adds a bit more. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have and enjoy and have it, uh, life, and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. You can, you can put your hands together. That's a, that's a good promise. I love that description. Have, have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full, overflowing. We celebrate Jesus' coming at Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because it's only in Jesus that we have true, um, that, that, that we have true, rich, and satisfying life. It's only in him that we're actually made whole. It's only in him that we find true meaning and fulfillment and enjoyment and abundance overflowing. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life to the full. People often ask um, Elodie and I, how did you meet? And because we, um, we lead a church, they often assume or ask, did you meet in church? Did you meet in a youth group? Um, and I like, to, um, I like to sort of mess with people's minds a little bit because we didn't actually meet in church and we didn't meet in a youth group. I used to play in a band. Um, and we actually met uh, through the band that I was playing in. So I like to mess with people's minds and say that Elodie was a, a band groupie, which isn't totally, totally true. Um, <laughs> But it just sort of messes with, like, it just messes with them. They're like, what? Um, but we did meet through the band. That's, that's sort of how we met. Um, and my problem playing in a band was this. No matter, um, no matter where we played, no matter what size gig we played, um, or even how fun the actual set was that we got to do, whenever I got off stage, I had this deep um, sense of emptiness and sadness. And I just, I thought to myself, this is supposed to be fulfilling. This is what, like, everyone wants, to be in a band, to get to go play in different cities, to, you know, to be in front of people and have everyone cheer. And I, I should feel happiness. I should feel fulfillment. This is, like, what everyone, you yeah, know, what, what so many people want to do. And as I was pondering um, this sort of thing uh, of why, you know, why something that I, I actually loved doing and that so many other people wanted to do, why did it le leave me feeling so unfulfilled? I realized that I didn't have the same feeling when I was in church and played worship. I realized that when I walked off, it wasn't this stage at that time, we were in a different building, but when I walked off this stage, I had the deepest sense of fulfillment from being in God's presence because it wasn't actually about performing for people. It was about ministering to him. 
it was like a, like a light bulb went on to me that the one thing that I thought would bring me fulfillment actually left me empty. Although though everything around me, the world's, world said that this is the thing you should do. And the thing that all of the world around me says, ah, you know, don't worry about that, actually left me so fulfilled and happy. In that moment, I realized this truth, that no matter what the world or the culture says will bring you joy and fulfillment, true life and fulfillment is only found in Jesus. And it changed the course of, uh, uh, the focus of what I wanted to give my life to. For me, I, I looked uh, I looked for that fulfillment playing in a band. But for, for you guys, it might be, might be something different. Um, it, for, for many, it might be in sporting achievements. I have lots of friends who have played really high-level sport and won lots of stuff. And they say, you know, they win, and it's like, great, and you celebrate. But a week later, you start the next season. And, and you know, they've said to me, I just felt so empty. Like, I achieved all that I set out to achieve but it didn't give me fulfillment. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe for others it's, um, it's academic achievement or it's business success or it's a, it's a relationship. You're looking for that fulfillment from somebody else or from something else. Maybe you think it will come from the next milestone. You know, when I finally find the right person or when I finally get married or when I finally buy a house or when I finally you know, can start a family or have kids or whatever it is, you know, start my own business. In the face of that feeling of emptiness, we often try either to fill the hole or to numb the pain. I mean, that's, that's for all of us. We're going to fill it with something. Because we're designed to, 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 to want to be fulfilled, to want to feel fulfilled. We push, we, we, we push further into the things that we think will bring fulfillment and further or further into the things that numb us from the reality of what we live. But when we stop, if you're really honest, and I want to ask you to be honest with yourself, not with me today, we know that none of that works. I can tell you honestly today that it's only in Jesus that we really find life and fulfillment. In him, all of that other stuff finds its place. Everything that he's gifted me in, everything that, you know, all the talents and all the, the, the things that he's given me and the desires and the dreams find their right place in him. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily always say, okay, you know, get rid of all that stuff because I think he's placed things in us for a purpose to bring him glory. But suddenly, you know, the, the, the musical ability isn't for my glory, it's for his glory and it becomes fulfilling and satisfying. In him it finds its rightful place. In him I find my true identity. And it's in him that my purpose for living becomes clear. The purpose for, for the business that you own becomes clear. The purpose for the relationship becomes clear. The purpose for your family, the purpose for going to work becomes clear. It's not for myself, it's for him. Paul writes this in Acts 17, 28. In him, in Jesus, we live and move and have our being. Our very being in, in him, is in him. So what does fullness of life, what does life in abundance in Jesus really look like? That's what I want to get to this morning. As we, as we head toward Christmas, we celebrate him today. What does fullness of life, abundant life in Jesus actually look like? It looks like wholeness on every level. 
wholeness on every level. There's a, you know, the, the words about physical healing. But I feel like there's also, like, God wants to fill us spiritually today. There's also spiritual wholeness in this. It's not just that, that which we can see in the natural. There's a spiritual reality. It's hope. It's joy. In Jeremiah 29, 11, the Bible says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, it's very hard to, to, uh, to live in abundance if you can't see yourself in the future. If you can't see a future for yourself. So often, you know, we, we, it's often a, it's like the existential struggle of, you know, what's my future look like? But in Jesus, he gives us a hope and a future because we have a purpose. We have meaning. There's a reason for all of the other things that's in my life. They all find their reason in him. What does it look like? It's, it's wholeness. It's hope. It's not just having natural things. It's being spiritually and physically whole. It's peace. Peace, the Bible says, it surpasses understanding. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of trials, in the midst of hardship, it's a supernatural peace. When people say, why are you at peace? Because of Jesus. Because of his spirit in my life. It's hope, it's joy, it's healing. It's a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, New King James Version says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. In Romans it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I feel like for somebody today that, that, that there's a truth seed that's being planted. Your mind can be renewed. You're not defined by your mental health struggles. You're not defined by that depression or by whatever. That, God wants to transform and renew your mind. It's a sound mind. It's wholeness on every level. That's what fullness of life in Jesus looks like. Salvation literally means this. And I love it because like God was setting up this preach as we worship because Louise got up and talked about wholeness and what does salvation look like. Salvation literally means saved, healed, and delivered. The starting point is this thing of salvation that we're made alive spiritually to God and we come into relationship with him. But the outworking of that through the rest of our lives is that he wants to restore us back to his image. Why do we want to behold Jesus? Because he's restoring us to his image. The outworking of the rest of our lives is God, make me whole in every area. God, heal me. God, set me free. God, renew my mind. Renew my thought patterns. Renew my ways of thinking. Renew my purpose. God, restore me to your image. See, when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, and we're, when we're born again, we're made spiritually alive. We're made alive to the things of God. We come back into relationship with him. But we're saved from our brokenness and our sin, and we're given this new life. And we're not just given a, a new life, we're being made whole. I love that. We don't have to stop. We don't, we, don't, we don't settle down in our brokenness. That's not our identity anymore. We talk a lot about identity because so often the thing that we're going through, the trial, the hardship, the sickness, becomes our identity. Because that's not your identity. Your identity is in Jesus. Your identity is seated with him in heavenly places. Your identity is whole. Your identity is restored. Your identity is set free. Stop defining yourself 
by the brokenness or the past hurt or the past trauma. That's not to say it's not real. It was there, but it doesn't define who you are anymore. This healing from brokenness, this healing from from physical ailments, this healing uh, from from mental torment, there's, there's all of that in him. God's intention is that we are totally whole. That's what fullness of life and abundance. I came to give you life and life to the full is wholeness in him. His intention is that there's no brokenness. His intention in your life is that there's no brokenness. His intention is that we're delivered, we're set free. We're delivered from sin. We're delivered from brokenness. We're delivered from fear. We're delivered from the oppression of the enemy. That's what we can expect when we come to him in salvation. We receive all of these things. Sometimes there's a process of working that out. But when we commit to the process of saying yes to him, being transformed into his image, he's faithful to see that through. He's faithful to bring it to completion. This looks different in each person. This looks different in each one of us because he meets you where you're at. He meets me where I'm at. And where you're at is probably different from where I'm at. And there's still things that he needs to make whole in my life. And I'm sure there's still things he needs to make whole in your life. But he meets us where we're at. So the process looks different. It's not one size fits all. We don't have like a 15-point cheat sheet. And as long as we tick all these boxes, then you're now you know, spiritually mature, you've attained the fullness of Jesus. No, no, it's a lifelong process until we go to be with him. And it looks different for each of us because he meets us where we're at. Jesus came not just as a baby in a manger. He came to give us life and life to the full. Saved, healed, delivered, set free, abundant life. Ask the musicians if they'd come back up this morning. I want to invite you this morning to turn to Jesus. As we, you know, as we start this Christmas week, and there's going to be amazing, uh, you know, times of family and times of, you know, times of refreshing. But this morning, at the start of this week, will you turn to him? If you need peace, if you need joy, if you need wholeness, if you need healing, if you need freedom from oppression, it's found in Jesus. Purpose, true fulfillment, wholeness is only found in Jesus. I, am, I, I implore you, I don't know how else to say it, I implore you. Don't leave today. Don't leave this place without allowing Jesus to minister to you, without coming to him. You can walk out. You can keep doing what you're already doing and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find my, my fulfillment in whatever it is. But at some point, you're going to have to face the reality of the emptiness of life without Jesus. He doesn't want you to live in that place. Jesus says this in Revelations 3, verse 19 to 20. Those whom I love, I reprove or discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, 
I will come in to him and eat with him and he will eat with me. If you open the door of your heart, Jesus is knocking this morning. And literally it's just saying, I open my heart. Jesus, come into my life. And he's there. And he says, I'll come and not just come into your life, but I'll come and feast with you. I'll come and eat with you. Jesus is standing at, your, at the door of your heart this morning. And maybe you've never responded to him. Maybe you've never, you've, you, you've never made a decision to follow him or to, you know, to say, yes, I open the door of my heart. If that's you, as Deed said in the announcements, I want to welcome you home. Would you open the door of your heart to Jesus this morning and allow him to come and fill you? It is the start of the most radical, amazing, life-transforming journey that you'll ever be on. Everything changes in that moment. If that's you this morning, maybe we can just close our eyes. If you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Not that Jesus is just baby in a manger, that he's King of kings and Lord of lords. I want to invite you to make Jesus the Lord of your life today to open the door. He's knocking right now. Open the door of your heart. If that's you, would you lift your hand up really high? I want to pray with you this morning. The rest of us are going to respond in a minute, but I, we can't go past this moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Maybe you've been in church for years, but if you're honest, there's areas of your life that you still need to bring to Jesus. You need life. You need holiness. You need healing. You need freedom. I want to invite you this morning. There's a spiritual wholeness that God wants to bring. I want to invite you. I'm not going uh, to say necessarily come to the front and let me pray for you. I want to invite you to open your heart to Jesus to bring those things. Say, actually, God, I need more of you. Come and bring freedom in this area. Lord, set me free. Make me whole. Can we stand together? Lord, I thank you for your presence that's in this place, Lord. And I thank you that you came, that we would have life and have it in abundance, overflowing fullness of life. Today, as we start this week of celebration, Lord, I pray would your life and your, your wholeness come right now. Lord, we open our hearts. Lord, as you stand at the door of our hearts and knock, we open our hearts right now to receive you, to receive your fullness, Lord. Lord, I ask in my life, Lord, Lord, that you would make me whole. Lord, that you would set me free, Lord, for each person in this place. Lord, I pray for a radical encounter with your presence. Thank you, Lord. Come on, Chloe. This morning in prayer meeting, I got um, just a word and an, Im and an image. Um, and it was a basket 
that's um, you know one of those gift baskets that's got cellophane and a big red bow on the top of it. And I saw as the the bow um, come undone, um, people um, who who can see through the cellophane, but their hearts are being stirred for um, just wanting to know more about Jesus. Um, and as the cellophane came open, that um, the free gift of Jesus within the the basket just there for you, um, and then the outpouring of this these gifts also to everybody else who who really knows Jesus, but just in this season um, to be able to focus and share um, just Jesus with those around you, even within, it's not something that costs anything, it's just something that's free for everyone, um, but if you if you don't know Jesus, just, just take this image and just ponder on it, let him stir your heart, because he is just there freely for you. Um, and so I just ask that Jesus, Lord, in this season, as everything, as we stop and we think of Christmas and what it is, just the freedom of knowing you is free for everyone and anyone. So we just pray and just um, just thank you for the beautiful free gift that we have of Jesus. Um, just pray for an overflowing in the season that he just, that the Holy Spirit just, just flows through in this time and to just just for you to see him the free gift that's for everyone in Jesus name amen we're gonna sing one more song can we do that can we open open our hearts Lord we want to see you we receive you we receive that gift today wholeness fullness Lord, come and bring freedom right now. Even as we worship right now, I just feel like God's going to set people free, going to change mindsets. There's healing that's coming right now. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.